All right, let's do it. Let's do it. Mm. We are hot. On fire. All right, welcome everybody to podcast number two, talking about destiny, fate, the butterfly effect, and the illusion of choice. My man Reese is back with us again. If you listened to the last podcast on mediumship, he was talking to me about his medium powers, and uh, it was quite interesting. <laughs> Always a good listen. Reese, Yo. my man, how you doing? Wonderful, man. Life is good. You know, it is what it should be. I can't complain. Beautiful. Destiny, fate, illusion of choice, the butterfly effect. It's all kind of, you know, related to our world experience and experiences life and consciousness and what lies beyond. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so just, uh, just to give everybody a little background on how you and me know each other. Um, we used to, we met each other through work and we were working on, uh, the bad girls club BGC (laughs) (laughs) And we st- we both were there and got to know each other and kind of bonded over our shared interest of the supernatural and ghosts, yep. stuff like that. Oh, yeah, you are into <laughs> ghosts. I forgot about that. And uh, yeah, we've kind of been on this journey of spirituality with Reese as yeah. he discovered his own, yeah. you know, um, gifts and natural uh, abilities to tap into that kind of thing. Yeah. And we both... Um, we both are still in the the video media production type of field. I'm more post <clears throat> post production um, side, and Reese does a lot of production and field work. Field work, running yeah. around, traveling a lot. Yep, he's been all over the world, and uh, he's he's really a, a poster child for finding your dreams and following them, and just going for it full send without a care in the world. Oh, man. Thank you, bro. That made me smile. <laughs> you can't see, but I'm actually smiling right now. <laughs> so, uh, destiny and fate, and do you believe in it? I do. Um, I believe in I believe in both. I think it's kind of one of the same thing. Um, I, this is so cliche, but I think that what's meant to be will be. For example, I feel like you know, we we will always end up in the same spot where we're supposed to be when it's our time, right? Uh, I think our destiny and our fate is the same, but I feel like how you get there can change. So let's say this, for example, you have to get from point A to point B. Now, you can get from point A, from point a to point B multiple ways, but the outcome will always be the same, if that makes sense. And so that's what I think that that destiny and fate really is. It's just that you'll have the same ending, but you have the option to choose how you get there. I definitely agree with that. And um, I mean, for myself, per, uh, speaking from personal experience, um, I mean, no matter what happens in life mm-hmm. and as I am on this journey, right, it always seems that no matter what happens stuff always works out one way or another right and it um it might seem like a big deal something might seem like a big deal in the moment you you might need to feel like you need to worry about it but in the end 
it all works out everything's fine and that's kind of like um that's kind of what i live by these days it's um and i tell this to the guys who i work with and i don't know if you have these people who you work with but they'd be like bragging about oh i haven't taken vacation in this many years Mm -hmm. and like yeah, I'm, I'm doing the most like and all that stuff. And my boss actually. <laughs> we won't say any names though. Yeah. And so I always tell him like nothing really matters. And you got to do what's best for you and and the meaning of life really is just to be happy and find your happiness because Right. You only get one life. Right. Well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, you only get this life once. Yeah. <laughs> and that actually uh reminds me of one of my one of my uh, favorite quotes. Um, you only get, everyone gets two lives and the second one starts when you realize you only get one life. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. So once you like realize that, that yeah. you, you get your second life and you yeah. start taking advantage of more things and you right. start doing more things that you right. want to do. Right. Regardless of what needs to be done yeah. like, or perceived to be needed. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. And so the to the guys that, brag at work about oh i haven't taken vacation in this many years and all that stuff all i say to them is at the end of your life when you're sitting on your deathbed you're never going to say wow i'm so glad i worked that week instead of going to europe but isn't that isn't that so sad bro how people really think that that's all there is to life is just to like work their ass off and just gain this enormous amount of money now don't get me wrong i love money as well but it doesn't it's not my driving force for life you right. know it's there's so much more to life than just being being um wealthy and and just having this huge amount of money where you could just you can do and see and experience so many other things other than going to work every day you know 60 hours a week 40 hours a week depending on your field um and it's just very sad that people think like that you know i, I really feel for them yeah and i think I mean, I can't blame them in a sense because that kind of mentality is sold to us from day one. Mm -hmm. You got to go to school. You got to go to college. You got to get a good job. You got to work until you're retired. You got to put this much money into your 401k. You got to get the house with the picket fence. Like we've been sold the so-called American dream, which Mm -hmm. has been dead for years by Mm -hmm. now. Yes. But everyone is still working probably twice as hard as they were years ago to try and achieve the same thing, which is just a unobtainable goal in today's day Mm -hmm. and age where we're just working. So, so much, we Mm -hmm. got our nose to the grindstone and we're working for less pay now for more housing costs for more like tuition. Like it's insane. So I can't fault them because they've, that's just what they've been taught and what's been ingrained in their, yeah. in their brain for yeah. so long since they were born. Yeah. Um, but you gotta, you gotta look outside and, and you gotta experience the world because yeah. you do only get one life and you gotta, you gotta take advantage of it. And there are definitely gatekeepers in the situation, yeah. like money and like for sure people from, you know, not as fortunate and they can't really access the things. Right. And maybe they do, they do have to work. To, right. to get to right. that level. Right, you for know? sure. Not everybody can just uh, get up and travel and go. And no. Some people have family situations where they got to take care of their you know, sick 
sick loved ones, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And there's just not an option and it feels like they're stuck. Yeah. They're stuck. Which also goes back to fate. You know, like, I don't know if you guys have seen this show called Messiah Mm-mm. on Netflix, but he speaks, the, the Messiah, he speaks about fate. And his argument was that, um, you know, he was he was in court for some reason and he was speaking to the judge in America. Now, the Messiah was from the Middle East. He, he was speaking to a judge in America and he was saying how the judge was passing judgment because he was sitting in a, a place of privilege because he was born in a, a place of privilege. But we weren't, he wasn't born in a place of privilege like the, like the judge was. And so it was just that like everything that we have is based on where we are born you know we can't help that we were born in america which is a first world country which is a place that people flock to for opportunities as opposed to a country like iran or uh thailand you know where they have to work so hard to get half of what we have you know and it was just interesting again how it all goes back to fate that you some things you just can't choose and i and being born in a certain place is one of those things um so that was pretty interesting to me yeah very true yeah and and uh, throughout this whole conversation, you know, you, I'm not going to forget. We're not going to forget that <clears throat> there are people out there that aren't as fortunate and right. who are in a situation where they can't just leave things like that. And right. But it also that also just seems also very unfair. It does. Like when I went to Bali, I was speaking with a man. I was in Bali for two months last year. Right. I was there for my birthday and I stayed for a while. And so I was speaking with my barber and he was just telling me how uh, he was telling me how he would have to work like maybe five years just to get enough money to buy a passport to get to Australia. Yeah, for and I sure. Was just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like it just make me so sad, but also so angry at how unfair that is because I could work for a week, even just a, two days, and that pays for my passport to get to wherever I want to go in the world, you yeah. know? And it's just like, we have we have no control over that. We have no control over where we're born, but it's just, it just seems so unfair. It is. It, it definitely is. And, I mean, you and me are both United States citizens, and with that, we have one of the most powerful passports in the world. We don't mm-hmm. need visas to go, mm-hmm. through, to go to many countries. Mm-hmm. Where other people, they got to go through interviews. There's a whole process. They exactly. got to pay fees. Yep. It's all a big fees red that they tape. they can't afford. It's, gotta, it's like a red tape mess just to, to visit a different country. Right. All right. And it's not until, you know, I think, I think people from the U.S., they take it for granted because they don't realize oh, absolutely. how powerful their passport really is. And that's just all the more reason to take advantage of it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, as as messed up as America can be, uh, I am definitely grateful to be born in a place that is considered a first world country because it gives me the opportunity to travel to these places and speak with these people about their experiences and just to be more appreciative and grateful of where I come from, you know, but also to just to to reflect and to 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 give back a little bit more and be more understanding and empathetic of people's situations. For sure. Yeah. So with, uh, with destiny and, um, do you ever feel like future events in your life were foreshadowed before in the past? Oh, they definitely have been for sure. Um, so 
I I participate in this West African religion called Yoruba or Ifa, um, and I have a spiritual advisor who is a, who is a, a, Yoruba, a Yoruba priest, and his name is Baba Femi. And my very first reading from him in 2013, he told me of so many things that have come to pass within the past seven years. Like I can't even make it up, you know. And so I think that also just goes back to do we really have a choice in life you know like i think that we do we can choose but then it's just like when you when you see these things unfold that were told to you seven years ago like do you really have a choice like honestly so i it's just i don't know it's just it's very confusing to be honest it's very confusing it is um i feel like some i mean this can be chalked up to just my interests and and things like that but and following those interests throughout but you know i always used to make videos as a kid and mm-hmm. you know i was running around with a video camera shooting mm-hmm. different things making different uh you know short films you could say right. really they're just uh films made by a kid but <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere bro i always thought that you know hey maybe that is something i could do Later on, maybe I can make a career out of this, but yeah. <clears throat> but I I went to college with the intention of getting into a science field or something like that. And oh, really? I was taking physics and chemistry and biology and and astrology and like all these science classes, and I did love them, and I still do to this day. Love love. Um, science and i think if uh teachers weren't paid like shit i probably would have been a chemistry teacher but yeah uh i can I, see that for you actually yeah. so i uh I, in one of my math classes uh freshman year of college the final uh project was to make a presentation like a an essay or you get, you just got to get up in front of the class and mm-hmm. and speak about your topic or whatever mm-hmm. and the topic had to be on a unsolved cipher or like mm. math problem. Okay. So I, I, uh, I started researching into the, uh, the crypto sculpture at the CIA headquarters in Virginia. And basically it's a sculpture that this guy made out of copper and there's, and it's kind of like in the shape of a flag. And if you, if you divided a flag up into four quadrants, right? Mm-hmm. Each quadrant had letters throughout the whole quadrant, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a cipher. So you, you could decipher what the number or the letters actually meant and it would spell out a message. Oh, wow. And so oh, they wow. have all these code breakers from all over the world trying to solve the Kryptos sculpture. Mm. And the fourth quadrant at the time was unsolved and everyone was trying to solve it. And so I made a presentation about that quadrant and and how it was unsolved and instead of making like a powerpoint or an essay or you know just like going up and talking about it i made i like made a whole like documentary on it using footage from like youtube videos and all that type of thing and like i filmed interviews with some of my friends wow and uh talking about it and at the end of the project i was like well 
shoot. <laughs> that was way more fun than doing yeah. math in class. Yeah. Also, that's how you got started in TV so and stuff. Okay. After that, after that sophomore year, I, I changed to um, television media production major. And now I'm in the industry and I'm, I'm making really fun graphics and I'm having a really yeah. fun time and I'm really happy where I work. And yeah. Yeah. And I look back at the kid who was just shooting stuff with a video camera right. and right. It's like, right. did right. I, did I choose this? Or it was his fate. Yeah. See, I, it, such a difficult thing because I feel like let's say we do have the option to choose but who's to say that that option wasn't the one that we were always going to choose anyway? You know, like, <laughs> that could have been the the point all along was to choose that option. You know, so it just goes back to, I'll say this. I really believe that we pick our life prior to us, come, prior to us incarnating into this life, into any life. You know what I mean? So, for example, like, I believe in, in past lives. I believe in reincarnation. And I truly believe that we pick our life paths in order for our soul to gain a certain lesson or a certain um, um, viewpoint and and to just, just to be more empathetic. And so I feel like we have a huge part in, like our souls have a huge part in the things that we experience while we're here in this, in any particular life. That is, I kind of feel the same way. Like, um, you got you you come upon a choice and this could be like a big fork in the road mm-hmm. or it could be something as trivial as you know going the next block or taking the left now mm-hmm. you know whatever it is we'll just say uh you know big forks in the road for now like career wise relationship wise right. things like that <clears throat> or like living situations or colleges that you're going to go to right you're you're faced with a choice a or b and you think in your mind that you're the one making the choice, but it was just pre-set up and yeah. predestined yeah. and you were always going to pick the choice that you choose. Exactly. You, just, you just don't know it. You just don't know it. I, yes. I, I, I agree with that, bro. Like, I think that's what it really boils down to. Like, I think we're given the, the illusion of choice. Yep. Exactly. The illusion of choice. You think that's you're making a choice, is. but you're really not. It was pre-set up. Yes. It was predestined. <laughs> Honestly. That's and, what I feel like. <laughs> that, and I think that's it. Yeah, nothing else needs to be said. <laughs> and, and either you pick the choice that was predestined for you, or maybe you pick the other choice, and it still turns out in the same outcome as if you picked the other choice. Right. So both choices lead to the same outcome. Right. And you just think that it mm. turned out the way that you wanted it right. to. Right. But really, it was all a. Uh... Sorry about that. Really, it was always made for you that choice right right and you have no say over it yeah i feel like that's what life really is to be honest like we i don't think and i i, I may be um i may be what's the word um i may be contradicting myself from what i said initially when we first started but i really feel like i you know now that i think about it i really do feel like we are given the illusion of choice. Even though we're given a choice, it's the illusion of choice. And the outcome will always be what it's supposed to be. It'll always be what is is meant to be for our particular journey in life. 
So, yeah. You yeah. can, uh, you think you can choose to do anything in life, right? Mm-hmm. You can quit your job. You can move to Australia. Mm-hmm. Which I did. <laughs> <laughs> you can think about all these things that you could do. There's always a consequence for your actions, right? You right. could You could murder somebody today if you wanted to. Right. But yeah. you're going to have to face the consequences. Right. Right. Exactly. You can do all of these things and you can think about how it could be real and you can play it out in your head how it would go, what you would have to do, the consequences you would have to face, but you don't. You mm. don't do it because you weren't meant to do it. Mm. So that goes back to uh, kind of intrusive thoughts and have you ever, um, you know, been driving and been like, oh, okay, I could just swerve the wheel real quick and just go into oncoming traffic. Yeah. <laughs> I might do it today, actually. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not crazy, y'all, I promise. But we all have those thoughts, and we all think that, you know, we have control, and we can choose to do that if we want to. I mean, we have the power to. Yeah. But it's like we don't. Yeah. We don't because, you know, it's not in our path. Yeah. But I, so I guess I guess I should say that I think we have – that we have – we have the option to choose to a certain extent. You know what I mean? Um, I, I think to a certain extent. Like, we can all choose to be, to do some very reckless and dangerous things. Um, but most of us won't. But we could also all choose to be very driven and like successful and like go for our dreams but again most of us won't do that either you know so it's like what separates those who go after their dreams as opposed to the ones who don't and we also have those one in a million people like mozart beethoven elon musk yeah those people that just seem to be something special (laughs) like one in a million yeah it's one of a kind. Yeah. What led to them being born? Right. And why are they the ones? Why are they the ones? And then we also have the dark side of that. Jeffrey Dahmer, serial yeah. killers. Yeah. People who shoot up places. The guy who from Don't Fuck With Cats. Yep. Yeah. Why uh why them in the same in the same the same question goes right. to them. Right. There's a light and there's a dark of those one in a million people. I think that shows a spectrum of of human beings, you know, the very positive side of us and the very dark sides of us. Light and darkness. It's a thing. There's gonna I think be, most of us choose the light. Yeah. And most of us are in that normal bell curve of just right in the middle. Yeah. Doing what we think we're supposed to be doing. Right. Not causing any trouble. Right. And then there's people on the way end of the bell curve and there's people on the way top of the bell curve. Yeah. And those are the people that are in the news. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think that we're living in in a simulation? The simulation theory is intriguing and... So the simulation theory, I uh, I definitely 
I'm putting it up there with things that could be definitely possible. Mm-hmm. And there's an infinite universe and there's infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, the universe is always expanding. Uh-huh. And what we're looking at in our solar system and beyond in the Milky Way is just a tiny, tiny fraction of it. Right. And then when you bring that down to us, we're like less than we're just tiny, tiny, Specs. tiny, insignificant pieces of shit on this planet. We're so insignificant. We're oh so inc- insignificant. And when you look at it like that, all of our problems seem to be just absolutely stupid. Just as insignificant. <laughs> why can't we, you know, why can't we get along? We're yeah. all here. Yeah. We're all pepperonis on the crust of the earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just well, insane. So if there's, if we're the only ones, right, there's this, this is probably a whole other topic for a podcast, but. There's, Definitely. you know, there's the great filter and there's like, oh, well, if uh, civilizations who could uh, make intergalactic communications and stuff mm-hmm. and, and uh, visits and stuff like that, oh, mm-hmm. they, they, they either killed themselves or they died out or, you know, maybe we are the only ones, but either way, if you don't think we are the only ones, then there must be civilizations out there that are way more advanced than us who can make simulations of the universe and can can simulate consciousness and life like as if it was like sims like the game mm-hmm. sims right mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. all simulations mm-hmm. so what what are the chances that we are in one of those simulations and right. what are the chances that we're not and we're on the outside of the simulation right and within the simulation what if those simulators make a simulation and now we're like two sims deep it's endless <laughs> it's endless. Have you ever seen? Well, I forgot my question. <laughs> what the fuck? Um... Oh, have you ever? You have you heard of DMT? Yeah. Yep. yep. Have you? You ever known someone to take DMT? I have known two people who have taken DMT, and also there's this myth online that tells you. Oh, when you die, the last chemicals that release in your brain are the same as DMT, and mm-hmm. it may be true that our brains make the same chemicals as DMT. But the fact that we release this kind of uh, chemical DMT, uh, you know, cocktail in our brains as soon as we die, and mm-hmm. you know, we go on this trip, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think that's true, and I think that's proven to be true. Um, but. I do know about it and I know about the experiences and it's like a psychedelic experience. Mm. It's a kind of like a natural experience where you just trip out and you want to talk about that. So just really quick, I don't know if you know, but like there was someone on our BGC team who's also has taken DMT. Um, I won't give a name because I don't know if he wants that information out there. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. Well say no more. Um, So, I've also like watched people people's DMT trips online like on YouTube and they all tend to have the exact same experience as far as when they come back into their body and they say it's like it's like a game like it's like a building block building blocks of the reality that we're in like that's how they come back into this body into this realm I'm just like what are the chances of of multiple people having that exact same experience of things being, for lack of a better word, loaded. You know, like everything is loading again, like like the fucking Matrix. Like that's what everyone says. 
you know? Yeah. When, like, what if, you know, when we, our eyes are probably the biggest sense that we have where we can see and sight is such a precious sense. Yeah. And what if whatever we see is just like a video game where whatever is in your vision is, is completely rendered, but whatever's you're not seeing is not rendered until you look at it. Mm. Right. So the, right. So your viewpoint right. is changing how you, the simulation right. is like right. presenting itself right. to you. So like right now what's to my back, I can't see. And it's just not rendered. But as soon as I turn around, then it's like, boom, there we are. So possibly what's behind your back is not even there until you turn around. Exactly. And so it's like, you know, they're saving on computing power. Like, you cheap fucks. How about you up that <laughs> shit? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but as soon, but then that also kind of plays into part in the Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat where there's a cat in a box with a radioactive element and it's alive and dead until you observe it. Mm. So the act of observing determines life. determines if it's alive or dead. Mm. That's when you find out. Mm. So it all kind—I of, mean, the simu- the simulation effect and all that kind of theories. Like, I definitely, you know, consider them to be, you know, definitely a possibility because in the end, we don't know where, why we're here, or what's going on, but. And you know what sucks? It sucks that we'll never know until we die. We'll and then we'll forget know. it again. And then we'll forget it again. <laughs> and then we'll forget it. That's the thing I'm most upset about. Like, when I die, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you, Well, you're saying that as in your human form. Yeah, in my human form, as, as far, far as, as I know right now, yeah, I'm going to be pissed. And all I all I want after I die, if there's something after, if there's a spiritual there realm. <laughs> I've been. <laughs> Reese has been there. He's got that passport stamp in his book. Exactly. <laughs> but the the same the same thing. Like you you, I mean this this is tying back to the last podcast. But you've talked to spirits and you can tap into their yeah. messages and things that they're sending to right. loved ones still on this this uh, human realm, right? Yeah. But all i all i'm asking for and all that really matters to me is my memories and i want to just hold on to mm. those memories i've had in my life right after i die and the fact that maybe everything gets wiped clean and maybe you reincarnate or yeah. or what but all i want is those memories because yeah. the the memories i've made so far have just been precious and and yeah same and priceless you know yeah that you look back and you can you can think about all the happy times you've had and that's mm-hmm. that's what makes life worth it mm-hmm. but in the same realm here you've talked to spirits that have in your medium experience you've talked to spirits that have uh, you know given message back to loved ones still on earth mm-hmm. still in this realm but if their spirits are giving you messages to tell their loved ones mm-hmm. but you also believe in reincarnation where did that spirit end up? That that's always been a question of mine as well. But I think that when we think of stuff like that, we're thinking from a human standpoint and from a time standpoint, where in the spirit world there is no such thing. There is no concept of time. Right. We you are know? slaves to time. And right. We're locked in and right. there's only one way forward and that's exactly. it. Exactly. But spirits are omnipresent, you know, they're everywhere all the time. So and there are many things at once. And so I think we get we get trapped in this this human psyche of 
where do we go and what do we do and how is this possible when that's not that's not even a, a thought in the spirit world it just right. it just is what it is it always is everything right and it's it's never nothing exactly shout out to jeremy bear me and that eye that eye is fucking me up <laughs> if you know the good place or watch that you'll know yeah. what that's from but yeah. uh that's i think that's the only way you could explain it yeah yeah because honestly. it's it's just uh otherwise inconceivable right and um, you know, some things are not meant to be conceived like many things we're just not meant to conceive it in this lifetime i feel like right and i i think that one day maybe we will be able to explain it maybe we will be able to understand it mm-hmm. Because back in the day, you know, when the Aztecs and the Incas and all those mm-hmm. those first civilizations are popping up, they're looking at the sun and they're, they're praying to the, the, sun, the god, sun god. And they're praying they got to do these certain things to make sure that the sun comes up in the next, the next day. Mm-hmm. And it's, it wasn't a certain thing for them. But now we understand that we're on a globe and we're rotating and we're rotating around the sun at the same time. Well, <laughs> are we though? No. Yo, flat earth. <laughs> I'm a flat earther. No, flat gang. <laughs> flat gang. <laughs> but now yeah. that we understand our place in the universe and where we actually are and how we interact with the sun and the solar system, right? It's, uh, it comes down to science. Mm-hmm. Instead of this spiritual right. kind of ideology where mm-hmm. you got to pray to the God to make the sun come up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I think with more time, maybe that's going to happen again yeah. with, with the human race for where we are in the universe and what happens after we die. Mm-hmm. We just don't have, we don't understand it. We don't have the instruments to mm-hmm. detect it and we can't, you know, put stuff you know, in, into a good ass theory. So it's still unknown at this time, but maybe in the future we'll understand it and we'll get a better, you know, framework for how it all works. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to recommend a book to you guys. The book is called journey of souls and it's by an author named Michael Newton PhD. Um, and in this book, I believe he was a psychiatrist who would, he would hip he would hypnotize his his patients, you know, with their consent, and he would take them back to a place in time before they were born into this life, and they would share their experiences about where they were and what they were seeing um, in this, I guess, this quote unquote limbo phase, um, and they will pretty much all have very similar stories, and this is over. A period of time of like maybe 20 years more or less and it's just interesting how all of these different people from different places in the world will have the same experience about where they were prior to incarnating into this into their current life so check that book out the journey of souls by michael newton and there's all these stories of you know possible reincarnations where the kid is like two to four years old and they start talking about Oh, mommy, I was this and I was that. Yes. And they 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 say some crazy stuff that they shouldn't have knowledge yes. of. I I'm remembering this one story and I I'm sorry if I butcher it or don't get it right, but the premise was this kid was talking about how he was a World War 2 pilot or whatever. Oh, wow. And he 
this was his name, blah, blah, blah. And he was shot down over blah, blah, blah. And, and that, and he kept, he was adamant that that was his life and Mm -hmm. he lived it and that's his memory of it. And then the parents and, and people check up on it and they confirm it. They confirm that there was this pilot named this and that they were shot down over here. Yeah. It was during world war two and it all checks out. Yeah. And, it's like, how does that kid get that information? Exactly. When he doesn't even know exactly. about that world war yet, or you right. know, the, especially the name. Right. But also, there's people that are gonna debunk it, and people that are like, well, maybe that story wasn't as valid as it as it was portrayed to be. And I think that's kind of what happened with that story. There was like maybe he was fed a little bit of information for the sens- sensation of it, and maybe uh-huh. they wanted to get you know, a news presence or something like mm-hmm. that. But there's also for every 80 cases that are debunked, there's a few that are like genuinely Solid. valid yeah, and that yeah. can, that don't have any explanation for right. And that, that just makes you think and it makes you, right. you know, wonder, right. You know? Yeah. There was also a case where there was a young boy who he was about five, maybe. Well, he was maybe he was about three when he would start having these visions, these memories from a past life, and he would tell his mother about it. But his mother just assumed that it was he was it was just him being a kid, you know, being imaginative or whatnot. And he was saying how he was this actor, and I believe like he had killed himself or something like that. And so after after finally taking him serious, his mother would like do the research or whatnot. And she actually found like the place where he was born in his previous life, like in the 1950s. Um, she found like his family and he was watching the episode. It was a movie from like the 1940s and he was watching the movie and he was like, mommy, that's me. And she was like, what? And so she did her research and like he was the man that he said he was like and you just can't make stuff like that up like no four-year-old just thinks of that you know what i mean yeah. like there's just no way around that i mean kids have crazy imaginations but that is just beyond yeah that's beyond, beyond you know like and everything like checked out to be factual like everything that he was saying how he died he even knew who the people were in the actual film that he was talking about like, he knew their names he knew how they died he knew everything about them and it's just like no four-year-old knows that no nah. have you ever done one of those past life hypnotic sessions yes yes i have i was a girl named Abigail, I believe my name was. <laughs> the funny story, um, I did one in LA about two years ago, and I was a woman named, I was a white woman, of course. Uh, <laughs> yes, and I married this guy named John, and this was in the 1800s. It was here in America. And I was a very promiscuous woman in that life. And I was just, I was pretty much who I am now. I was that same person, but I was a white woman back in the 1800s. And I wanted to travel, but because of who I was, because of being a woman in that time period, it just wasn't, it wasn't really, um, it wasn't really a thing to do. And it was frowned upon for the most part. And so I was very depressed and I was very sad and I was very suppressed. And so that led me to drink a lot. My husband was also very abusive and I remember the moment where he killed me. My kids were actually watching. And the moment he killed me, he shot me. And I, the moment that happened, I saw my my spirit like floating above this that realm. And I was just, I told myself that I would never come back as a woman. Damn. 
what was that like? Like, what was the hypnotic uh, experience like? Did you, were you like you're sitting in a chair? And I like was laying that? down. I was laying down in a, in some strange room, and he did his magic, and yeah, so I it's just saw this, everything. It's just this guy, and he starts like, what does he do? He like chants, or like uh, you know, honestly, I have I can't even remember. Um, I know he was. It was just like getting me into a very meditative state. Like that was his. That was how he he began the the I guess the transition. Um, it was to get me into a very meditative state. And so once he got me there, he made me, he pretty much like dove into my subconscious because everything is stored in our subconscious from all our past lives. And so he dove into that subconscious and he was, he was asking about, um, I believe he was asking about how, what, what life is most significant with this life that I'm in right now. And so that brought me back to a life in the 1800s. Um, and that life made me realize why I travel, why I don't drink as as much as my peers do. Because ever since I was a kid, I've never liked alcohol, never. And now I know why. It was because of how how I use it to suppress my emotions in the past life. Right. Um, and I think that says a lot because I come from a very a very alcohol drinking heavy family and that has just on both sides of my mom's side and my father's side but that has just never been my thing ever so it just yeah it was just it was a very surreal experience but like i remember it vividly now that i've that i've done it so do you think that plays a part in our personalities and our life choices absolutely it it all stems back to our past lives like our past lives have a very profound um effect on who we are today you know like the people who we become the decisions that we make it is it, we're all these people in one we're all these different experiences in one including this experience this this current reincarnation and so you might not know why you don't like this or you do this or mm-hmm. like you're more mm-hmm. apt to do something else and mm-hmm. it, and you might not have a reason for it, but because your past life, maybe there's the answers are are within your subconscious and are, mm-hmm. are within your your past lives for why you do the things you do yep. to this day. Yeah. So I highly recommend everyone to do a past life regression. Do you remember the moment you switched from being Reese in the chair to being that 1800s woman? Well, I was always myself, but I was just aware of my past life. Is it like a visual thing? It's or? very visual. I, I saw me in a bar being promiscuous. I was hooking up with other guys. I saw me um, dancing. And just have, I, can see, I can still see it now. You know, it was a very old wooden bar. I had on a blue dress. It was like, it would like flare out the bottom. Um, it was like a white top. I was very pretty. <laughs> Not to like to my own horn, but is it I was like, very is it, pretty. I know you've done uh, psychedelic uh, drugs in the past. Is it yeah. is it comparable to those visual no, effects? No, because it's like psychedelics are very um, like supernatural, if you will, like very... I can't put a word on... on you, you get to another higher yeah, realm. Yeah, it's a higher... It's a different consciousness. Yeah. This one was like a very real... This was like me reliving my life, basically. Like this... It was a very real moment like this. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you're laying down and you're seeing these things. Yep. Your eyes are closed. Is, it. is it kind of like a dream? No, it's very real. It's not a dream at all. Like it's, it's like how you close your eyes and you see things. It's like that. Like it, Or it's just like looking at you right now. Yeah. Like you... I, 
I saw everything as it happened. Like I can see my house, I can see my son, I can see my husband, I can see when he killed me, I can see me floating up as my soul left my body. Like I saw it all. I can remember myself promising I would never come back as a woman. And since then I had not been a woman. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this experience. Yeah, it was real. And uh, I mean, like if you're if you're laying down there and you're seeing all this stuff, it's just being played back to you. Yeah. But like, what it, what would happen if you like raised your your hand up while you were in that hypnotic state? Can you, or is it like that's a good question? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just kind of happened. I, eh? It just happens. But like, I still have the notes here. It's from January 6, twenty seventeen. Um, uh, I was living in either South Carolina or West Virginia. It was around 1847. I had a brother, a mother, and a father. I had a son named Ashton. Um, yeah, I was, I was square dancing in a bar. Uh, (laughs) It was, it was deep. My son, my husband was named John, John and Abigail. I wonder what would happen if you, if you took someone whose past life was, Ashton and mm-hmm. they put they put you two in a room. That's interesting. Like if they could find out who was Ashton and you guys right. somehow could get in contact. Right. Like what would happen if they put you two in a room? You know, there's a thing called soul groups. I don't know if you're familiar with soul groups, but pretty much it is a soul group is is a group of people, a group of souls who you will always encounter no matter the incarnation. So for example, um, like your soul group may consist of your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, whoever. Um, and your mother in this life could have been your girlfriend in the past life or your, your brother in this life could be your father in the next life. Like, so it's a soul group uh, who you will always okay. encounter and you always, um, travel with each other as a group, but you just don't remember until, until, um, those sp- specific moments. And for example, for me, I can always tell when someone is part of my soul group. I could just, I just feel it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you just feel it. You just feel it. You're definitely more in tune with that uh, type of those types of feelings yeah. than anyone else, just yeah. naturally. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it's kind of like again, if you watch The Good Place, like Chidi and um, Eleanor, Chidi and Eleanor, they always find each other in each life, life incarnation, yeah, and incarnation, yeah, and they, yeah. without previous knowledge of yeah. the, of them before, right. Like one of my best friends, I met her through, in this life, I met her through, I, I met her on Twitter actually. But funny story was that her ex-boyfriend was one of my best friends when I was in college. But I never knew that it was his girlfriend when they were in high school. I never knew that, right? And so he, I remember he had a name tattooed on his arm and the name said Jessica. Uh, but I never put the two and two together, right? And so so years later, me and him are not the best of friends now. And then years later, I come across this girl on Twitter named Jessica, and we just become best friends like pretty much almost instantaneously. It was just a, it was just a, a very. I couldn't even, I can't even fathom the connection. It was just, it was just there, right? Like it had, I had always been there. So long story short, we go to, a, we go to see a psychic together in New Orleans, and the psychic tells us that we have been, we were together in the past life as a boyfriend and girlfriend. Damn. So that kind of that that's it. That's the answer. And I was right like, there. no. I was like, okay, duh. That makes so much sense <laughs> now. Like, you know, there was no. I didn't even question it. You know, it just it made sense. Like yeah. that's why. She was like, but it didn't work out in the last life. So you chose to become friends this life. 
Damn. Yeah. Yo, it's so crazy because like there's all these forces around us, right? Gravity and yes. light and like we can't see them. Yeah. But there's also all these spiritual ties. Yeah. Absolutely. That we can't see and like we're Absolutely. all interconnected in some Absolutely. way. And it might not be in the in the type of way that you expect it, but yeah. but it's there. It's there. There's all these Absolutely. spiritual ties. Yeah. And you know, it's just like she was the first person that I just really unveiled my soul to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she could do no wrong in my eyes, period. Ever. <laughs> ever. You know? And we actually we actually look alike. Like it's weird, bro. Damn. It's so weird. Like we look like <laughs> brother and sister. Yeah. It's very weird. <laughs> yeah. So you, do you believe in soulmates? Absolutely. I, but I think you get more than one. I don't think there's just one. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you can love someone deeply just the same as you love another person deeply. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you all in on the uh, the monogamy type of mindset? Do you think? Uh, no, that's not really my thing. No. Uh, I, I don't think that's humanly natural. Do you think it's just a, like a construct I think it's a, it's we've a, built there, up? It's, a very, it's very constructive. It's very religious. It's... You know, when you think about marriage, marriage was never really about love. When it first became a thing, it was more about keeping the money in the family right. or just like political power or and, and power in general. Yeah. You know, it was never really about love. It was about power and money. And and women back then, they need, they needed, they didn't, they couldn't work as, no, as well as they had men. no they choice to, you know, uh, legally tie themselves to a man yeah and now it's yeah. it's definitely not the case yeah. women are working there in exactly. the workforce and it's just yeah. like marriage is kind of an outdated tradition it's very outdated that we just haven't updated right and, and the society and traditions and legal stuff mm-hmm. is always way behind than yeah than where the people are mentally at mm-hmm. exactly and women had no say so over who they married back in those days you know that's you know them having a say so was a very recent concept like mm-hmm. maybe within the last 50, 40, 50, 60 years, you know, it's not, it's very new. Um, and so, yeah, me, I, I mean, of course, my my thoughts, my opinions could change within the next 10 years, but who I am right now as a single male, I just feel like that's not, it's not natural to just be with one person until you die. Now, some people do, and they and they live happily ever after, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's impossible, but for me, it's, for me, it's just not my thing as of where I am right now in life. Right. I feel like we are meant to experience different people and, and encounter different people, and that's okay. I mean, I think it does have its benefits to to be with one person, um, you know, as in regards to, like, build a foundation, you know, like, build a family and a legacy and things like that and to pass things on. Um, but I, I don't think it's it's it should be looked down upon to have more than one sexual partner. You know, if if, if you and your your husband or wife, if you are open and honest with each other, what is the big deal? Yeah. I think that should be okay if you both can agree upon that. Right. So, and there's definitely, you know, there's stigmas still to yeah, this day of course. Yeah. surrounding those yeah. types of relationships. Right. But I think it'll, it'll pass. Yeah. You know, every, everything when it's new, it has its, 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 its trial and error. And, yep. it, you know, but I think the more that people, um, are open to it and the more it's talked about and the more it's put into into our everyday life it won't become a thing anymore and everything is progressing right now exactly progressing. exactly a, like I, like we said we're we're uh, we're slaves to time mm-hmm. <laughs> as time goes on things are going to change and yeah there's going to be things that are different yeah you know but i'll say this i also know some girls who who i 
am involved with romantically who are very open to the idea of being in a polygamous relationship. Right. Yeah, no, you can definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, polygamy. Yeah, Yeah, you can definitely find someone who has the same kind of mindset as yourself. Um, There's not really uh, a worry there now. I mean, you can find anybody that's, I mean, we're in the information age. Right. You can find anyone who thinks the same as you all over the world exactly and it's also it's a double-edged sword it's a double-edged sword (laughs) (laughs) you can use it for good and you can also get in an echo chamber of people who are you know into worse things right into into bad and evil and right and doing the worst right so it's kind of it's kind of i mean you bring up the fact that we all we all pass each other right Uh we're all this we're all human and we're all together on this one earth and, and we each have a story and sometimes mm-hmm. those stories intertwine mm-hmm. right. and they can make a chapter. That leads me to my next thought. So I feel like we are all a part of a stage play, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone has their part from lawyers to doctors to to musicians, to to homeless people, to government officials, that like we all just have our part. And so I think that for me, when I begin to look at life like a stage play and that everyone plays their part, everyone has their role, like you just don't take things as serious anymore. Um, like there will always be bad people. There will always be good people. There will always be a homeless person. There will always be um, someone trying to take advantage of, of people less fortunate. They're, that's just what it is. Like, we can't control these things, I feel like. And so once I began to, like, look at it like that, that this is just, this is just, this is just a moment in human time, and it's not forever. You know, it, it's just an experience. And once I begin to look, to look at life like that as just a stage play, and everyone is just playing their role, then I just don't take things as serious anymore. Now that could be that could be perceived as as you know, uh, good or bad. But um, for me, it just makes sense to to view things like that right now from where I'm at in life right now. Right. So we're all just you kind of believe we're all just destined to play these roles that yeah. we're we're put in without a choice. Right. And then right. as we live them we don't really have a choice in our destiny where we just kind of play out these roles as they're meant to be, as they're predestined to be. Right. Exactly. You know, like it's like, it's just, it's like a role. It just feels like it's very scripted to me. It's a script. And some people just drew shorter straws than other people. Yeah. You know, like everyone can be the star. Right. Everyone can be homeless. Otherwise you wouldn't have wealthy, you know, at our middle class. Like you, you have to have every, every type of character in order to make this stage play work. Right. And how, uh, what do you think about, you know, the people who it seems like they drew the short straw right in the beginning, but they work out of it and become bigger. I think again, that's part of their life path. That's part of their destiny, their fate. They, yeah. They were destined to be. Yeah. yeah. Like even, I mean, look at me, like my, my mother had me, she was pregnant with me when she was 13 years old. She was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. My father was killed and he was, 21 my mom was 17 i was three you know so if if that had not happened if my father had not died and 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 was taken as such um 
an early point in his life, I would not be who I am today. I would not have the drive that I have today, you know, because a lot of my drive comes from me not wanting to be him and, 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 and be killed and be a victim of the streets as a black man, you know? Yeah. So a lot of my drive comes from not wanting to be a stereotypical, statistical black man. Right. So what if he was still here? Well, who would I be then? Right. You yeah. Know, who I, would you be? You wouldn't would be, be the same. No, you wouldn't I, be the I, same. Wouldn't, I guarantee you I would not be here. I and wouldn't it, be here. No. I wouldn't be sitting here right now in front of you. It's all these events that have led up to yes. one another. Absolutely. That create the perfect Absolutely. storm. Exactly. To create the Reese who is here right, right now. Right. So if one thing was changed, I would not be where I'm at right now. So everything is very cliche, but I really do feel that everything, whether we perceive it as good or bad, it happens the way it's supposed to happen. For a reason. For a reason. You know, even the most tragic things like, yes, my father being killed at 21 was awful. It was tragic, but it served his purpose. He right. served his purpose. That was part of his life's contract was to be to to pretty much. I really feel like his purpose This may sound very narcissistic, but I feel like his purpose was to bring me into the world. Right. You know, no, like. like him, for my, sure. He met my mom when she was 11 years old, mm -hmm. and he was dead by the time my mom graduated high school. Like, that just doesn't, you know, that that just doesn't happen like like that. Right. You know? And even to this day, my mom says that she she has never been loved like that. It was just meant to be. Yeah. Funny enough, um, my mom went to go see a psychic, and the psychic told my mom, that my dad was my mom's karma from a past life. Damn. Yo, it's crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah. And this, I mean, this yeah. is a <clears throat> yeah, a perfect segment into, you know, our other topic of the butterfly effect. Yes. And how all these little, seemingly, mm -hmm. seemingly little events mm -hmm. all work together to, to one end. Yeah. And thing. Yeah. Yeah. And how you're here and, you know, there's all these stories of the butterfly effect and how they, all these little events, mm -hmm. you know, just coincide to create, uh, you know, a domino effect, a butterfly mm -hmm. effect into, you know, a, a big outcome. Right. And I think probably the most, I mean, most famous real example of this is the start of World War One. Mm. The and the assassination of Franz Ferdinand, okay. the the Archduke. Yeah. Um. So he, there was a plot to assassinate him, mm -hmm. and there were, you know, I don't have all the details right, but the main overview of the of what happened was there was an assassination attempt, it failed, and in the getaway. Uh, car the guy the guy driving Franz Ferdinand the mm -hmm. Archduke went down like a wrong road or took a wrong turn and they, and they parked outside of like a cafe or something mm -hmm. like that where the previously unsuccessful assassin was just happened to be sitting mm. and he was able to then kill the Archduke Ferdinand wow and then it essentially ended up starting world war one wow i didn't know that 
And so there's all these little things. I mean, I'm missing a lot of this yeah. story, but the overview is there was assassination attempt. It went wrong. There was little, little decisions by the people carrying Archduke Ferdinand that led him mm-hmm. to cross paths with the unsuccessful assassin again. Mm-hmm. And then it was successful. And that started World War One. Mm. I didn't know that. Interesting. So it's just like all these little things, right? Yeah. That Every, add up. Everything matters, bro. Like everything has its place. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? When I worked on Ball and the Family, with the the Ball family, Lonzo Ball, Melo, Jello, Lavar, we would always speak about how that show, well, not that particular show, but um, one particular action was the the result of the butterfly effect. For example, when Jello Ball had he was a part of that that group of guys on his team that had stolen those sunglasses when they were in oh, China. Yeah. Yep. That sparked everything for the Ball family crew members, the production crew. And like what happened after that was it was a direct result of what he did in China. So with him with him with Jello Ball stealing those glasses in China, that led to the production team. That led to him being taken off the LA um the UCLA basketball team, which then led to him being put on a team in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Right? From that, one crew member of ours has married a Lithuanian girl. Two of them have Lithuanian girlfriends, and all of us have Lithuanian friends, you know. And all of that stemmed from that one incident that Jello did back in 2017. Right. You know, it and that is that. that is the epitome of the butterfly effect. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, it's, just, it's just amazing how so many unions have come together, like marriage and relationship-wise, because of what Jello did in China. Right. And, and and there's probably going to be kids as a product of that. Absolutely. And those kids would have never been there. Yes. Had Jello not stolen those sunglasses in China exactly. in 2017. Exactly. Could, mean, like, could you imagine? Like, yeah. like, honestly, like one guy has gotten married to a Lithuanian girl who was on our production team in Lithuania. Mm-hmm. Um, and another guy is he goes back and forth to Lithuania because of his girlfriend who he met on our team as well yeah. in Lithuania. And I have some of my, one of my best friends in Lithuania because of me living in Lithuania <laughs> for six months, you yep. know? So it's yeah. just crazy how all of these, all of this stemmed from stealing. Yeah. One, one incident that seems insignificant at the time. Yes. That has this crazy effect on yeah. choices and, yes. and things that happen in the future. And I can apply this directly to my own life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, we all can. Yeah, because I was I was sent to well I was I was in a group of people that had the opportunity to to jump on the opportunity of traveling to Thailand for 6 months to work on a TV show and I ended up taking it. Yes, and we'll wait. Pause. What did I tell you? If you don't take this opportunity, I will not be your friend. That is true. I called up Reese after I got this opportunity uh, offered to me, and I said, hey, I've got this gig. It's in Thailand. It's for six months. Should I go? Should I do it? 
And he said, yo, if you don't do it, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. And I, I meant every word of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> I didn't doubt him for a second. <laughs> and uh, it just seemed like a no-brainer at the time. So I did it. I jumped on it. I went to Thailand. I started working. Six months later, you know, things happen. It's changed my life forever. Yes. And if yes. I would have never gotten that opportunity or if I would have never taken, taken it, it, none of that, none of the future. I mean, this is in the making right now. Mm-hmm. Nothing, none of this would have happened, you know, right. It, right. none of the outcomes of me going to Thailand right. would have happened. And you never even imagined that this, this outcome would happen. Yeah. Never, never in a imagined. million years would I've ever guessed that for six months I would be living in Bangkok, Thailand working and living life and mm-hmm. experiencing new things and meeting new people. Mm-hmm. I would have never guessed that if you asked me that even five years ago, I would right. have said, there's no way because I never travel for work. It's never an opportunity. It's never a chance that I get. I'm going to be at the same desk that I work at mm-hmm. for my entire career. Mm-hmm. If I choose to stay at the company Yeah, and things, things happen and stuff comes up and it changes our lives forever. Yeah. And it's all just little tiny decisions yeah. that come up that seeming significant mm-hmm. and you think, oh, this is not this is just, you know, whatever, whatever. And all of a sudden, a year down the road, you're at a place that you would have never been if you didn't make that initial first right. jump. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. It is, but you know, also that's also why I have I've been very good at following my intuition, and I this is why this is exactly why I tell others to always follow their intuition because it will never steer you wrong, yeah, never. Yeah, it all seems to work out. It all in the end. A wise man once told me when I lived in Atlanta when I was in college or when I had dropped out one or two, um, he told me I was I was stressing over paying my rent. And he told me that he said he was from, I believe, Jamaica. And he said, silly boy, don't you know life always works itself out? But in a very Jamaican accent, though, I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just like, and from that moment, I was just like, oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? And I kid you not, I have have not stressed since then about what could happen. Because I always know that. It'll work itself out. Like even like like right now, like I have no job. You know, I haven't worked in maybe what fourteen months, uh, maybe fifteen months, and I'm just like, I've been back in LA for a week, um, and I'm just like, it'll work itself out. It always does. Yeah. Period. It'll work itself out. Period. It does. Yeah. That's just how life is. You gotta you follow your gut and you yeah. follow your intuition. Yeah. And you, yeah. you you make those choices based on that. Right. And. You end up where you need where you need to be, right? And like as a traveler, like I I definitely have learned how to follow my intuition. Otherwise, I wouldn't be safe and sound, right? And you're you're destined to be traveling and to be mobile and yes, like you can you can think like this kind of goes back to our previous conversations where you can think that oh yeah I could sit at a desk job from nine to five for the yeah. rest of my life and I could you know yeah. stack up all this cash and get a 401k and and uh eventually you know continue living that life until retirement or whatever 
And it's definitely a possibility you have the power to do right. that. You could do that in a heartbeat. Right. But you won't because you're not destined to do that. You're destined right. to follow your your fate, right? And go around the world and travel. And you're going to cross paths with all these people. And I know from personal experience that everyone that you cross paths with, you make an impact on. Mm. Because you're just one of the most kind-hearted and kind-souled people that I know. Thank you, you just have it. I appreciate that. And if I had Aww. the <laughs> ability of natural aura vision mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. I could tell you that yeah. your aura just radiates oh, wow. to everyone you meet. I receive and that. I've, and I've seen it. I've seen it in real life. Yeah. And I've seen its effects. And yeah. it's real. It is real. Thank you, bro. And that's, you know. Much love. I know you believe that. Yeah. yeah. And I believe it, too, because you're just Thank doing you. great things and you're going out Thank there. You. And it's, I need to hear that. Yeah. You have no idea how much I need to hear that, honestly. Yeah, that was beautiful. <laughs> Bro, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Did. <laughs> did you know that my name, Reese, the, like the exact, I spell my name R E I S, the way it's spelled in Dutch, it means to travel. It Damn. means traveler. <laughs> That's what it is. I'll tell you a story. My dad was also named Reese, right? Mm-hmm. But he spelled his name R E E S E. But. When I decided to go by Reese, I didn't want to be my dad. I just wanted to like carry his name, but I wanted to be my own self, right? right. Yeah. And so I was just thinking, like, how could I spell Reese? And I was just like, hmm, R E I S. That's different. Like, no one is spelled Reese that I know. You know what I mean? And I think that also goes. It goes back to show that again, that's fate. Like, what are the chances that I pick a name that's spelled? First of all. My dad's name is Reese. So what are the chances that his name is Reese? And then what are the chances that I pick a name that's spelled um, a different way, but it means to travel, yeah. which is part of my life yep. now. Without even and knowing it. it. Without even knowing it. But again, I, my soul knew it, though. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. My human, my, my skin didn't know, but my soul knew that I was destined to be a traveler and to impact lives and to change lives. And I think, again, that just also goes back to intuition and, and destiny. Yeah. You know, I'm destined to be a traveler, you know, I remember having a spiritual reading maybe about seven years ago when I was in college, when I moved to Orlando and this woman, she said that I never met her in my life ever. She never met in person, which it was over the phone reading. Right. And she said that um, I will always be a stranger in a foreign land. (laughs) Mind you. This was before I was ever even a traveler, before yeah. I even traveled. I didn't even have a passport at this time in my life. I was very, I was still in college, you know. But thinking back on that now, I'm just like, oh, shit. She she said this seven years ago. Yeah. And so I think that just also goes to show that how much control do we really have over our lives? You know, like, <laughs> we, we don't really have much, I don't think, bro. We're just following a path. Ah, let's just, Yeah. We're just doing what we're destined. We're like we're fulfilling the prophecies that were spoken on our lives. Yeah. That's and what I think. I is. mean, what if right now we are already dead and we're just living uh, uh, as an observer, Honestly. our lives being played back to us? Yeah. That would yeah. explain all of this, really. Yeah. Yeah. How we think we're making a choice, but it's already made for us. And already we're just made. watching it. We're yeah. just watching it. We're like a conscious observer of our own lives if we're already dead. <laughs> It's just ne- it's a never ending topic. Yeah, like yeah. it <laughs> can, can be debated on, on forever because Seriously. we ultimately nobody knows and we we don't right. know yet. 
Nobody you know. knows, and we won't know until we die. And then when we do remember, we'll come back and we'll remember again. Yeah, we'll, we'll forget it all over again. It's just not fair. No, nah. you know what's also unfair is that we have to be stuck here on Earth our entire life. Yeah, that's very unfair to me. Mm-hmm. It's like we should have the option to go to different planets if we want to. <laughs> like honestly, like it's it's really fucked up. Yeah. Who do I talk to about that? Like <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just not fair, bro. Like there's so many other dimensions and, and, and realms and and planets out there. Like why are we just stuck to this one? That's yeah. so unfair. We're sl- we're slaves to time and we're slaves to our our three dimensional yes. lives. Yes. Yes. Exactly. We only have exactly. We're only here, and that's all we can do. <laughs> not a fan. All right, I got some. Um, I pulled some butterfly effect stories okay. from people online. Okay. All right. So this is from, this is a, I can't read it word from word cause I didn't save it okay. particularly, but it's from the, the stories from Reddit. And, right. um, if I can find it later, I'll put it in the, uh, the notes of, uh, who, uh, wrote it. But basically the story is of people who work as EMTs or, or other medical uh, personnel, uh, like what's the worst case of uh, people faking it as they come into the emergency room or whatever mm-hmm. that you can remember. And it kind of plays into the butterfly effect, uh, this case at least. Um, but it's still a fun story. Either way, I'll, uh, I'll note who wrote it uh, if I can find him again. But he was saying how this lady got pulled over by the police for drive for speeding or whatever. And it was going to be like a hefty, uh, you know, points on their license or whatever. Right. So she says, Oh, I've got abdominal pain and that's why I'm rushing to the emergency room right now. So she goes to the emergency room after getting pulled over as, you know, faking it to, but the cop said that he was going to follow her there and he was going to wait until she comes out of the ER. And so he's waiting in the, the uh the waiting area for the er and she's in there and she flat out um admitted to the staff that she was there just because she's trying to get out of a ticket and she had abdominal pain or whatever wow right wow so they do the tests anyway and also tell her like you you have like you know i'm gonna kick you out Mm -hmm. basically right Mm mm-hmm but the tests come back positive for an ectopic pregnancy, which is when the uh, the fertilized egg starts to develop in the fallopian tubes and not in the uterus. And it's a serious, it's a very serious condition. It's a very rare condition. Oh wow! Which is deadly. Which is like it can go unnoticed and it can kill you. Wow! And so it came back positive, and she had actually no idea that that was the case. It was a very early diagnosis of this wow and so the police like (laughs) they told him afterwards like yeah she's got an ectopic pregnancy we're gonna have to do this emergency thing and like there's an air uh, a helicopter coming to to lift her to another whatever you know Mm -hmm. and so she got out of the ticket but she also saved her own life that's crazy (laughs) that no that's crazy yeah so had she never gotten pulled over had she not lied about it yeah she would have never known until it probably would have gotten way more serious and would have been actually life-threatening yeah Yeah. 
I see lion. Lion can save lives. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a good T-shirt. Yeah. Lion saves lion lives. Saves lives. <laughs> <laughs> wow, bro. No, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And there's another one. Uh, this is another one I don't have the source for. If I find it, I'll put it in the notes. But um, this was on a thread of actually uh, butterfly effect mm-hmm. stories, and it was a. It was someone's mother, so they're typing it's their mother okay. who's pregnant with them mm-hmm. and they were taking the bus and uh while they were pregnant with the writer, um she was waiting the mother was waiting for the bus and she really had to pee and she was like debating whether or not to hold it or wait you know, hold it hold it and wait or to go pee and miss the bus. The, the 5.30 bus, and uh, she decided to go pee, miss the bus, and get on the later bus. And it turns out that 5.30 bus drove off a cliff and had an accident. And so that writer would have never been there to tell that story wow. if his mother, while pregnant with him, got on that 5.30 bus instead of going to pee. Yes, I, I think that's... Again, that goes back to fate. Yeah, like if you, you know, if it's your time, it's your time. But if it's not, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also many stories about like September 11th and how some oh, yeah. people were meant to go to work that day, or some and, people who had flights. Uh, Seth MacFarlane actually has a ticket, had a ticket on one of the planes that crashed on the towers. Wow! And he was hung over and he didn't get on the plane. Wow! And now we have Family Guy. Wow, that's crazy. And Ted, and Ted too. I had a friend when I was living in Orlando who he was from New York. He was a Puerto Rican dude and he was telling me how he was he was supposed to go to work that day but he wasn't feeling well so he I think he called in. Mm-hmm. And because he called in and he's alive. Yeah. But like he worked in the towers. Could you imagine like It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Like as as unfortunate as it may be, as fortunate as as, as unfortunate as it is, um I think it just goes back to when it's your time, it's your time, you know, whether yeah. it was by, by an attack or natural causes, you, you, you know, we, we, right. It's just, it's just part of our stories. You know, everyone has their part to play. It's, it's crazy. It yeah. is. It is crazy. Yeah. Um, I got another one here. This That's one I have crazy. the source from, uh, it was also from a thread about, the butterfly effect. And this is from missing in action 21 on Reddit. And they write, uh, in 2004 on boxing day, which is a Canadian holiday. It's in Australia too. Not me, but my mother family trip, including all cousins and extended family on my dad's side to visit the coastal South of Sri Lanka on vacation, about 20 people in all a well-planned trip And last moment, my mother didn't want to go. No reason at all. Mm. None of us could get her to explain why, but she refused to go. Mm. So we went inland on a different trip to see some other relatives. Around midday, the entire extended family, now on both sides, were sitting shocked in front of the television, watching the very same hotel we booked being washed away live by the tsunami. To date, she still can't explain what she felt. Mm. Wow. That reminds me. Um, of 2019, May 2019, I was, I was catching a flight from Bali to, into Sri Lanka Mm -hmm. to meet a friend from Australia who I had met in Europe. 
I was meeting him there and he had been there for months. And so I was going to meet him there from Bali, right? I had booked my ticket. Everything was set. I was due to fly May the 7th. I believe there was a terrorist attack that happened May the 6th. Yeah, in the church. In right? the church. In the church, yeah. In multiple places. It was multiple places. It was multiple churches, yeah, right? Yeah, multiple they churches. Had, yeah, it was multi- like a very organized. Yeah, it was very organized. But I have my ticket was already booked. But I was meant so I was meant to go there during that time. Um and the only reason I didn't was because of what happened. Mm-hmm. And so I had to I had to pretty much change my entire ticket and book it back to Melbourne instead of, of, of Sri Lanka. But I said that to say had I not booked had I not changed my ticket, um I would have never met one of my best friends. Because I met him in Melbourne right. that same weekend, yeah. You know when I was supposed to be in Sri Lanka, yeah. So I, again, it just goes back to I think fate, but also I feel like because I was I could have went to Sri Lanka, like you know my the, it was the flight was still open. Yeah. No, I remember but, you posting about it and be yeah. like, "Look, this happened. Like, yeah. Should I still go? Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But my intuition told me not to, mm-hmm. and that it also goes back to just trusting and following your intuition. You know, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it just, it just wasn't meant to be Sri Lanka this time. Yeah. Maybe next summer. Maybe next summer. Yeah. So. Um, this one comes, another story from KD5NRH, also on Reddit. Okay. Um, about 10 years ago, working security at a site about 50 miles from home, got off, ship at, uh, off shift at midnight and didn't bother to change out of uniform because I was only going to stop for gas. Two stations in the town I was working in were open after midnight, but it slipped my mind as I drove past the first one. Pulled into the other. Same brand, same gas price, same sort of dump entirely. And just didn't didn't like something about it. Nobody else around but the clerk that I could see, but I decided to go back to the other one. Topped off and headed back out of town. I get close to that station again. Three city cop cars, two deputies, and a state trooper are outside blocking the road with guns drawn. Turns out a city cop walked in on a robbery. Dude put a bullet in his vest and the store owner knocked the robber out cold with a bat before the cop could recover enough to get his gun out. Mm. That would have been me in uniform with a nice shiny badge, but no body armor. Mm. So he would have, he's saying he would have been killed right? if he wow. would have went to that gas station. Wow. Intuition. Yep. You got to trust it. It's, it's there for a reason. I think we're taught not to trust it as kids. You know, we're taught to just do whatever authorities say or you know any figure that's older and uh, older than us but like we we are born with the innate ability to 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 trust ourselves it's kind of like a sixth sense it, that's what it is yeah like we're, you, you got we're a feeling. It for a reason exactly you got a feeling you know in the streets we call it vibes in science you call it um what's the word it's the scientific word for it as well um energy mm-hmm. right but it's essentially the same thing. Either way, you feel it, yeah. And you can act on it, or yeah. you could ignore it. But yeah. most of the time, you want to. I mean, you should. Yeah. You know, that's why they say follow your gut. That's why right. it's a reason. That's why it's a phrase. That's why it's a thing. Yeah. You that's know? because it's been it's been tried and tested for <laughs> years. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I've always been a, a, an advocate for following intuition. Um, we got another one here from KAG ninety four. Okay. Uh, my aunt told me a story about my dad who greatly dislikes his sister and is 
an all-around asshole 98% of the time, calling her out of the blue one night while she was in college. She answered. He said he didn't know why, but he had this urge to call her to make sure she was okay. Mm. She She told him she was fine and thanked him for calling to check on her. She never told anyone except me and hopefully a therapist or two, but she was holding a bottle of pills that she was planning to commit suicide with right when he called her Mm. 20 some years later. And she's very happy with her decision to live. Wow. Wow. And, and this could be like a, a completely other topic about, you know, family connections and and the the weird things that twins got going on sometimes. Yeah. And just, and also, yeah, it has this one, the, the, yeah, soul groups and the, and the gut feeling and how you can feel things. Yeah. From yeah. other people who are like miles away from exactly. you. Exactly. It's a thing. It's definitely a thing. And then we got this one from uh, bread hyphen and hyphen soup. Uh, when I was six, my brother ate at the time and I would go to my grandma's house while our mom worked late some nights. Anyway, one day I was uh, just randomly thinking about fire alarms. I don't know what caused me to think about it, but after I started, I couldn't stop. Mm. I have ADHD and this super focused thing, so whenever I'm thinking about something as simple as fire alarms, it consumes my mind. I asked my grandma, and she said she hadn't tested hers in a while. Just for kick, she did, and sure enough, the batteries were dead. She replaced the batteries and made sure they worked. The very next morning, her house caught on fire while she was asleep. If she didn't hear the fire alarm, she would have been trapped in a room on the second story without a phone or any way to contact Mm. help. She most likely would have died. I always make sure fire detectors and alarms work in my house now. That's deep. I mean, what can we say? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Seriously. Seriously. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's all I can say is, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes certain things come to us and we don't have an explanation for them. Yeah. We don't have a reason for them. Yeah. You can just feel them and all you can do is listen to that. Yeah. Trust it. Trust it. And just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Intuition is everything. All right, dude. Well, thank you for coming. And uh, thanks for talking to me of about course, all this brother. stuff. Anytime. Great having you, as always. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Until next time, yeah? All righty. All right. See you, everybody. See you. Peace. Bye.